WHS radio streaming to you live at 11 o'clock a.m. Mountain, mountain daylight time. I got to remember that mountain daylight time. It's been a good day. Uh, had a great, great morning. Had some yoga, outdoors yoga, which was a kind of a change, but a welcome change. It's uh, it's an interesting day, sports day. We're going to talk a lot about sports today, but we're going to talk a little bit about leveling up your performance. You know, not status quo, not leveling on, but leveling up. Good morning. I'm Coach Whiteman or Dr. Whiteman. You pick at 360 Performance every Friday at 11 a.m. Mountain, Mountain Daylight Time. Right here streaming to you at KUHS. The quote we have for this week for Mindset Moment goes like this. Confidence is leveling up your performance with every action you take, one step at a time in that action. So says Dr. Lowell Whiteman. Every once in a while, I I just get these thoughts and I feel I better share with you uh, what my thoughts are because it relates to where I'm at in my experience. I came back from Savannah, Georgia last week after some visits with a a few clients. it was an interesting interaction of these clients because one was a semi-pro basketball team owner. Another was what, another person was a senior executive with the Boys and Girls Clubs out of Atlanta. But my primary focus was being there with a, um, an IT company, but that's really misleading because they're more than that. Questa Partners is about data and looking at data and examining how data is influencing decision-making in all different kinds of industries. So I had a great time, great weekend. But today we're gonna to talk about performance and leveling up your performance. It's um, a wonderful subject for me. It's something that's a constant every week for me, looking at what is the champion's behavior that's necessary to level up and maybe get that trophy, maybe get that extra bump in your performance to accomplish more than you expected, taking the tenacity necessary to drive yourself past that. And with that, we're gonna look at the intangibles, the, the things that, that come from within, you know, just a deep down kind of thing that you may not share with everybody, not everybody may know about your power of intangibles and the integrity and tenacity that you muster up to deliver that at the right moment because I'm sure you know as well as I do. You've been around, whether you watched it or part of it. Maybe you were even a player on the field or the court with someone who, who drew upon their intangibles and delivered an outcome that nobody expected. Because your profile, what defines you, isn't superstar level. And we're going to talk about some of those superstars because we have the NBA Finals that just finished. Uh, we have uh, the NHL um, Stanley Cup playoffs going on. We have NCAA World Series baseball, World Series softball. And then we have Sunday, which is Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Feliz Dia del Padre, as others in my world would say. It's uh, it's a wonderful day to talk about a champion's behavior. That's our theme for today. Let's start off with this. As I said a minute ago, intangibles many times define the behavior of a champion. And too often, the intangible is not something that that champion delivers on a routine basis. You know, they're they're known for their speed, their strength, their flexibility, their ability to catch or to throw or to hit. And those aren't necessarily the intangibles that help them deliver the hit at the right time the catch in a moment that's essential to stop the movement of the other team with the third out or make the catch in the end zone under challenging competitive force and yet still make the catch. Unexpected that that would happen based on the history of the performance of that individual. They deliver an intangible. So what are they? What are some of those intangibles that are delivered? Some of those intangibles that may be delivered by uh, Texas versus Notre Dame. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Texas Notre Dame in the World Series game this weekend. Or Stanford versus Arkansas. I know a few people that I hang out with that would love to see Arkansas take down Stanford. But 
what are the intangibles that define an individual and that they then deliver in those moments within the contest that they are not expected to be that hero. So who will deliver it? And can their intangibles and the delivery of their intangibles influence other people, other teammates? Maybe the competitor is influenced by the delivery of that intangible in such a way they go, whoa, that surprised me. Where did that come from? And that then diminishes their ability to deliver their intangibles. As there were some examples of that with the Boston Celtics um, Warriors, the Golden State Warriors game when they won the NBA championship in six. It was four games to two in Boston. Not a ruckus crowd celebrating the Golden State Warriors at the end of that game because it was an away game. But there were a great deal of intangibles. We'll talk about those in a moment. But let's talk about what got them there. The Golden State Warriors in game five at home, the Boston Celtics had put some pressure on them. And they came back after they had been up, came down, came back again. The cycle of energy flowed uh, throughout game five but the Warriors prevailed. And I captured two people on the Warriors team that are emblematic of some intangibles. Peyton, he delivered some things in that game at the right time. Uh, Passes, shots, his defense. And I compliment Steve Kerr and his coaching staff for recognizing that Peyton had, Peyton Jr. had some intangibles that he delivered and I think it was more the intangible of his energy at the right time because there were times when Iguodala who sat on the bench when when Peyton would come off the floor because of an untimely foul or um, just just his energy and attitude had gotten a little bit out of control Iguodala would pull him off to the side and just by reading his lips you could see that he was telling him to just kind of calm down relax get yourself back into focus center yourself So one of those first intangibles I'm going to indicate for you is the ability to breathe through. Taking a little lesson from my yoga this morning. Breathe through those moments and get center. Come back to center. And Peyton did that because in game six, he certainly delivered and continued to deliver those intangibles. The other person in this picture I have here is Wiggins. I mean, Wiggins throughout the entire series and even the playoffs prior to the finals, His defense at the right time against um, an offensive threat from the other team was just consistent and tenacious. Um, It it is most certainly an intangible. Not so much the defensive skill, because that's always been there for Wiggins, but the level of consistency in his energy, his commitment, and his tenacity of understanding the opponent. Because for me, I believe that the defensive side of things is very, very much driven by how much you know about the opponent and their methods so that you can apply your defense at the right time. And I think Wiggins delivered a lot of good thinking processes as one of his intangibles. Another intangible for us Colorado fans, or not intangibles, but another example of a champion's behavior is the Avalanche. They won game one in overtime uh, against uh, the Lightning. Uh, It was a great game. And look, (laughs) people were just going... Period one is 3-0, 3-0, and then it became 3-1 very quickly. Uh, it was 1-0, and then it was 1-1, and then uh, the Abs came back with two more goals in the first period. But the Lightning are a team that needs to be considered every moment you're on the ice because they will come back with the experience that they have uh, reinforced by a goalie that is just airtight. Uh, but... That being said, here's an example of the behavior of a champion and his intangibles. The B-man scores the goal on a wonderful uh, deflection off the chest protector of the goalie back to an Avalanche teammate. He then shifts that pass to his right, catches his uh, teammate with an open goal because the goalie couldn't shift quickly enough to cover that right side of the goal and there was the winning goal in the overtime. That's taking advantage, but an unlikely character was in place to make that happen. And when he was interviewed after the game, 
He said, I just saw myself being in the right place and understanding what we had talked about and preparing for this match, where I needed to be in a moment that gave me the chance to uh, exercise that. And he did. He got in the right place on the rebound, then the pass and the shot and scores the game-winning goal in overtime. That's another intangible. A champion's behavior is many times about timing. And it's not... It's not necessarily all about the pros because even the youngest of competitors can demonstrate and learn about their intangibles. What can I deliver to the team, to the contest, in practice for all that matters? You you need to practice when it is the right time that you see your intangibles. And sometimes it's the connections you make with your teammates. And that is very much seen as a a group intangible with Colorado State softball. Uh, Coach Fisher up there, Coach Jen Fisher, she is uh, just a tenacious person in her own right and a competitor. But there were moments in her career and tenure at Colorado State after she came there from um, uh, Metro State downtown uh, Denver that it was tenuous whether or not she would succeed. Did she have the the right feel for the Division I uh, competition? Well, she's proven that point time and time again with uh, the young women that have gone on to do great things both as as, uh, graduates of school and going on to business careers as well as softball careers beyond that, but then the delivery of championship behavior in the Mountain West as well as going beyond in the playoffs. It's truly a team effort. And I believe that in Coach Fisher and the CSU softball team's future experiences, they're going to have an opportunity to make their statement at the NCAA World Series of softball. Um, And I wanted to bring that in there just to kind of just punch up that it's not about the pros necessarily. It's about any level of athlete or competitor performer, could be drama, could be music, could be performing as an executive. What are your intangibles and how do they, could they influence others to to deliver their championship behaviors? It's really cool stuff, especially when we've got such great examples right now. I mean, it's happening right now. NBA finals are over, but now you've got the uh, Stanley Cup, you've got the World Series Baseball, you've got the U.S. Open, uh, which uh, started yesterday. Just some really, really great competitions to to give you some concrete examples of what a championship behavior looks like. But, you know, it's interesting, no matter what level it is, at the youngest of level to the the more proficient, the pro and college level of elite athletes, there's always that, that indicator of the intangible kind of bubbling up because you get this emotional swell. You start feeling things. You go, oh, whoa, whoa, can I control it? Because many times, if you don't control the emotions and manage them in a direction that they can be applied to, the moment's lost. So practicing is essential. As uh, many athletes have said, um, Peyton Manning is one of them. I uh, said, you know, 10,000 hours and you, you become a master of that particular task, passing or running or whatever it might be. But managing your emotions is a constant. Where is your center? Where is your breath in bringing you to that place so that you can manage those emotions? Well, managing emotions are sometimes right in that moment, like it was for Colorado State University when they played Washington State in the Gilded Bowl. And it's just, it's an etched in my mind. Uh, And in this photo, for those of you who are watching us uh, on video for uh, KUHS television and radio, um, I'm one of the people in the background of this player. Uh, Donnell Alexander is the football player stretching his arm out at the pylon uh, to give us the two-point conversion, uh, which was manifested, believe it or not, manifested out of the Statue of Liberty play, which we actually practiced in preparation for this game with no real likelihood of it being used. But I think the impetus when we practiced it was just to have fun, just to kind of lighten the mood. Little did we know that we would actually use that play to tie the game up against Washington State and then go on with a field goal to win the game in the Gilden Bowl uh, in New Mexico. That is a moment in time 
when we when CSU won at the Gildan Bowl, I was the mental conditioning coach uh, for CSU at the time. I had been there for the three years. Uh, this is our second year of effort. The next year, we went uh, ten and three uh, and went to the uh, Las Vegas Bowl that year. And in, in the third year of my time with with them, it it. So I'm in the background. I've got a stocky cap on. I'm next to the, the guy in the white shirt in the middle. Um, that's, that's me, uh, if, you, if you can see me. But those are moments of managing emotions. Donnell had lots of challenges prior to this game. He was not a starter. But he was the guy on the third man in the roster in the depth chart to practice the Statue of Liberty play. So we, they made a call as to who was going to be the, the running back to go in, and Donnell was the one selected, and he delivered. He controlled his emotions. He managed that moment because, quite honestly, he did not have a lot of exposure to the game other than the sidelines and listening to the, the energy that was being created, but he went in and delivered. Just like a Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, during a slam dunk competition, sponsored by Gatorade, shows his Air Jordan classic pose. Full tongue extension, airborne, and slamming to win another slam dunk competition. But in doing that, in that moment, he is there. He is all there. As this picture demonstrates, with his posture and pose, and that classic Michael Jordan uh, tongue-wagging uh, expression on his face. He's delivering in the moment. So when you're called upon because you see the opportunity in a particular space to deliver what you're about and what is uniquely yours. So for me, the intangible with Michael Jordan is the fact that he has this image and brand that is his and he delivered it in every moment presented to him that allowed him to do this. Watching the dunk contest with Michael Jordan in him was awesome to watch. Most of the competitors, when it happened, knew they were competing against somebody that may, he, they may not be able to win over. Eventually, Michael decided it was enough is enough, let somebody else have a shot at it because nobody was competing with him. He was just too talented. And staying in the moment with the emotions that you manage, it's important to take a look at who, who else is in those moments with you. What about those around you would lend themselves to you improving your performance or helping you manage your emotions so that you could stay in the moment and not let the conditions around you distract you or divert your attention. Curtis Granderson, in this picture, he was with the New York Mets. He was so good at using his surroundings as a way to connect so that his benefit was staying in the moment because of that connection. That helped him by staying in that moment with those connections, helped him manage the emotions of that, that particular moment. In this particular case, there's a fist punch against the glass to a young fan a young Mets fan as he approaches the on-deck circle. This picture was also poignant for me because it was captured prior to uh, Curtis taking the plate and hitting a game-winning home run. So the moment was captured and the emotions were under control for Curtis Granderson to deliver not only what he does well, but to deliver the intangibles that he has in reading pitchers and identifying the pitch they were going to throw him, that they had no idea he was working on those outside off-speed pitches, and he took one to the opposite field. Oh, man. What a great day. Um, in Colorado, the last few days, we've gotten away from the 90-plus temperatures, and now we're into the you know mornings in the 50s, and by midday, it's in the 70s, and man, we may get to the upper 80s and low 90s by the end of the day, but that's a wonderful progression throughout the day because you know, in Colorado, in the mountain states, you get under a shady tree and the temperature changes really quickly when you take the sunshine off your back. Um, it's, it's just a wonderful place to, to hang out and, and 
and enjoy the moments and have a, a great time staying in touch with yourself as you examine what are you feeling, what are the emotions that you have. You know, you know when I say manage emotions, I want to make sure we're clear. I'm not saying get rid of them, not acknowledge they exist and, f- and forget them. I'm saying put them in perspective. Make the connection with your moment, your emotions for that moment so that they are energy to propel you, your skills, your intangibles, and deliver in that moment what you know you can deliver because you've practiced it that way. You've been in touch with who you are in those moments and you know what it takes to manage your emotions. I I think many, well, I think I know that I've said fear is your friend. If you open yourself up to accepting it and feeling what it feels like. Now listen, when you you do that, initially it's not that comfortable. Fear is not a feeling of friendly, but be a friend to fear and grab it in knowing that it's going to pinch a little bit. And you got to get through it and see what see what it is for what it is, and then you can use it. You can be emboldened because you've got control of it, and you're now able to take that control and manage those emotions in a directed way. Look, there's a lot of things that Curtis Granderson does as a bat, as a baseball player, but when he reached out to fans, his teammates, and understood who they were. He was utilizing that to help himself stay in his center and identify what about who he is can intersect with everybody else and the environment we're in and optimize his ability to deliver the best of who he is. Just like a Michael Jordan, just like Donnell Alexander did in that CSU game and many others that you may have seen in in business as well as in sports that have really identified through experience and practice what their emotions feel like, how to manage fear, how to grab your arms and your heart around fear and use it to your benefit so that you can stay in the moment. You're not distracted, you're not diminished. You are under control of who you are. Because when you deliver what is expected, some great things happen like the Golden State Warriors become the 2022 NBA champions. That's what happens. That's pretty cool stuff. Like this picture indicates, three of the stalwart warriors that have been there for a long time who have earned four, four championship rings. And for a Steve Kerr, it's nine. Five as a player and four as a coach. And what's also interesting to me is Steve Kerr's five rings are from one team, the Chicago Bulls. His four rings are from one team, the Golden State Warriors. I just think there's something to be said about the intangibles of Steve Kerr and his skill set as a coach. Look, in the last three years for the Golden State Warriors, there's been a tremendous amount of adversity. Uh, Clay Thompson... Physical recovery, an injury that was not fun to come back from. Um, and I don't know all the details of his journey, but I know that the injury he incurred and the part of his body that it was that was injured is something that I've experienced. Not to the level he has, because it, it literally took him out of game. But I also know that surviving and recovering from a shoulder injury like I have in the last year, it's it's difficult. And Clay Thompson came through it, not just by himself. He openly admitted last evening in in interviews that he needed uh, his teammates, Green and uh, Steph, to help him get through his uh, challenges they had. He didn't come back until January of, I want to say January, was it last year or this year? Might have been actually 2022 that he came back. And let's just say that he, he was longer away than he has been back uh, with, with his injury. And yet he performed admirably in the moments that were set up for him. And that brings me back to doing what you're, what's expected of you. And Coach Kerr does what's expected of him as a coach. He doesn't try to vicariously play the game through you. He truly under, tries to understand who are you 
and creates opportunities for you to deliver what is expected of you, just like he did with Clay Thompson. Helping Clay deliver the shot, the defensive matchups that work for him in the moment that he is performing. Now, I, I, I'm going to add some thoughts about the injury with Clay Thompson in that regard. Coach Kerr has to know about what Clay's going through, not just from the trainer, not from the doctors, but from Clay himself. What have you got? What are you feeling about yourself? And how can you perform? What can you give me and deliver what I expect in the moments I ask you to deliver? And I'm sure there were some observations going on as well. It wasn't just verbal communication between the two of them. It was also probably involved with the experience of practicing in other games prior to the playoff finals, where he watched Clay's interaction with Steph Curry and Green and Wiggins and, and others on the floor to see just how comfortable Clay is on the floor so that when a situation occurs, Coach Kerr knows what to call and whether or not that would involve Clay Thompson. And I saw moments like that during the game where plays were called and Clay delivered. He delivered some shots, and this is testament to the Boston Celtics. Their defense is, it was not sloppy. Uh, for them, for the Warriors to overcome the Boston Celtics in six, it took some very strong and tenacious effort uh, and the intangibles to go along with it to deliver against that. And Clayton Thompson did that. Now, that being said, it, Clayton Thompson uh, is not fully who he used to be. I, I'm sure Clayton would, would say, if he were here, that he has more to go, more he wants to deliver uh, and, and improve on. And that gives me to Steph Curry. Now, Steph won the um, MVP award last night. And by the way, it's the first time he's ever won it. In the three prior NBA championships, he was not the MVP. This is his first time as MVP. Um, and if you watched the game last night or heard any reports this morning, you may have um, seen or heard about how emotional Steph was, how his dad was one of the first people to come out on the court and wish him well. Uh, and Steph, you know, fell to his knees, fell onto the floor, you know, kind of cuddled himself up into a ball and uh, shed tears of, I think probably joy would be a good read on it, but it was hard to say because his face identified a lot of different emotions. And when he had a chance to talk about it to the reporters there, it was an emotional exchange of energy for him because of what he went through in experiencing not only personal issues for himself in getting back, because there were a lot of people over the last couple of years that were talking trash about Steph and, and the team and, and they're, they're, they're done, they're, they're has-beens, uh, they don't have anything left, um, and yet Steph controlled his emotions and delivered on what is expected of him as a player. And I, I, I do believe that there's been growth physically for Steph, there's been growth emotionally, um, if you had a chance to watch uh, some of the other shots uh, on, on uh, the game last night after the game, his wife was emotionally charged as well. Um, and I, and I, I know it's you know emotional for her husband <laughs> and his MVP award, but the, the timing of when they showed her was when uh, Steph was talking about what he'd gone through as a player uh, with the Warriors. And, and her emotional outburst indicated that she felt those same pains and the struggles that he went through. Um, I, I think it's admirable that the, there is vulnerability with these players um, and that Green and his remarks had his uh, child in his arms, his daughter in his arms, um, and was talking about uh, his, his team family as well as his personal family as though they were synonymous and there was a deep connection. Um, connections like that, as I implied with Curtis Granderson, are all part of the fabric that creates this level of intangible delivery of excellence that manifests itself at the right time. Like Green, for example. 
he didn't produce a lot of offense, but he certainly produced a number of rebounds, created turnovers of the other team because of his energy level, and he is not one of the junior players. He is a senior statesman in the NBA, let alone the Golden State Warriors. And yet, he was sprinting up and down the floor. He was recovering from offense to defense as fast or faster than his teammates, and many times, if not every time, faster than the opponent. That charged up every other people. He influenced other people. He got them into a place to feel good about themselves. I believe that Green was an influence on Wiggins. Wiggins was an influence on Peyton. And so on and so on. They all touched each other in their own way because they understood the connection of what needed to be delivered and they had expectations through their own performance that communicated a message to their teammates, you can do this too. You can get this done. And they did. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors, and in particular, the the MVP, Steph Curry, the coaching staff. And as I say that, I also will admit openly that I am a huge Boston Celtics fan, going back to when I was small. Um, It's uh, watching the Boston Celtics, L.A. Lakers, New York Knicks, any number of teams, Detroit um, uh, Pistons, and, and just any number of of huge NBA final uh, east-west kind of connections was, was great for me. And I was a Boston Celtics fan, but Golden State Warriors has captured my attention because of Steve Kerr and because of Steph Curry. Um, they're just outstanding individuals as well as uh, professional basketball players. Now, as we talk about great stories like that that are right, I mean, right here, last night, right there in front of us, I'm going to share with you what are some of the intangible influences. What what things influence you to to help emote your intangibles, deliver it at the right time. And the picture I have up here, I've had this up here before, is Walker Robinson because Walker, he's got a lot of intangibles. He looks like he's in his 20s and he's 15 going on 16. More than likely, I think he is 16. I think his birthday was recently. But he's going to be one of those Olympians that's going to be in the thick of things, but never given the, the credit he's due, but then he's going to deliver what's expected because he has those intangibles. Well, here are some of the things that influences him to deliver what's expected. The first one, I've talked about this many, many times, is environment, the conditions you're in. When you go from the avalanche arena at the ball center and then go to Florida for the lightning. Little difference in things. When you go from the west coast to the east coast, that's a little different. Time travel, a little lag. I expected to see a little bit of not so sharp of tools in the first quarter of the NBA finals, which we saw. Boston came out and just, you know, ripped them pretty good. Had a wonderful margin of separation. And then all of a sudden, ah, they took a breath. They settled in. Got a hold of what the environment was doing. And by the way, in Boston, if you think the stands look condensed down to the floor in many of the NBA arenas, Boston in the parquet floor scenario, that is, you feel like they're on top of you. So you've got some adjusting to do about that environment. And obviously with the results... Golden State Warriors did a good job of adjusting and adapting their emotions and controlling them in a way that their management was focused on what they needed to get done. So environment and emotions are the first two I prioritize as those influences on your intangibles and letting those intangibles go, getting them out when it's appropriate, when you see the moment of opportunity. Now... Here's one. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. Environment, emotions, isn't that being aware? Let me qualify by defining what I mean by awareness. There are details in your environment that if you're not conscious of being aware, I mean, down to the like cellular level kind of awareness. I mean, I'm pushing the envelope. I'm asking players to come in and 
early into the arena, even if it's an arena they've been in before, go sit on the bleachers, sit in the front row, go sit on the other side where the opponent's going to be. Get a feel for how bouncy the cushions are. Touch the chairs and feel what they feel like. Opening up your senses. If, you're, if you participate in yoga, you do that in yoga. When you begin to get centered, get relaxed, remove everything else away from you, then get into your routine, then you finish the same way, same thing here. Become aware of your surroundings. Take that breath. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Be aware at a cellular level. With skiers and the winter sports stuff, I, I tell them, go touch the snow. I mean, touch it, feel it, hear it, sense it, cold, wet, crunchy, what is it? So that when you hear those sounds under your skis, you'll know what that edge is giving you because you've got close to it. So those three things are gonna influence the release and control of your intangibles, as will your own integrity, your own want to. I want to understand. I want to be aware in any environment. I'm gonna make the plans and be consistent, my integrity, my delivery. Even when competition is tough, resiliency is part of integrity. You've gotta be resilient. You've gotta be committed. That's the integrity part to tap into coming back from where it's been, where it's pushed you, where, the, where your emotions have pushed you, where the environment has pushed you. Get after it. Now, Here's four things that are sometimes summed up in a very short sentence, like what Nike brought out. Just do it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't need to talk about all these things. Just do it. Well, yeah, you do. Because you don't get to just do it unless you think it through. I've said that many, many times here on KUHS, streaming to you about many topics. But in this particular one, it's about... What are the influences on the intangibles within me that I can deliver? And one of those very strong ones is integrity. Do what you say you're gonna do so that you can be resilient, you can respond. I said to someone the other day, actually yesterday, I said, I wanna be the Pillsbury Doughboy. That's my, my metaphor for resiliency because when you poke him, he punches right back. <laughs> Still the same shape, boop, boop. And he gives you that little high pitch and you go, hee hee. I can't even do it. <laughs> it's just amazing uh, when you connect all these things, how that special skill that you have, that intangible, will just emerge at the right time because you've prepared yourself and your awareness and, and, and insights to the environment and the emotions that you have in certain environments and how to then control them because you've practiced these things so that it will deliver a high quality integrity response that people can expect because they've seen it before. They've seen it in practice. They've seen it in other games. They rely on that to happen. In fact, the smart coach, the wise, aware coach like Steve Kerr will create the environments that he knows will give you the chance to manage your emotions, be highly aware, and deliver what I expect time and time again. It's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Um, we've got some wonderful things going on this weekend uh, in the, the world of, of sports. Um, and one of the things, I, I don't know if, how many of you have heard about what's going on in golf. There's a little, golf, there's a little bit of uh, upheaval because people are accusing golfers like Phil Mickelson of chasing the money and not staying true to the game. Listen, I don't, I don't have a, a good insight into Phil Mickelson's head, but he can choose whatever he needs to choose. He's earned the right in the performance that he's delivered over the years to be his own person and pick what he wants to pick for the whatever reasons uh, are good for him. Uh, live your best life, as my daughter would tell me. But I have a problem when he doesn't come, when he or any of the other golfers that have moved over to that um, golfing league in Dubai that is paying the golfers to participate a lot of money uh, that they they forget 
the support they've gotten from others. Because champions keep playing until they get it right. And then they play some more. You know, there's a saying in golf for us amateurs, you make that one good stroke and it keeps you coming back. Even though you had 18 or 17 holes that, were, that sucked, you got one hole that keeps you coming back. Because you keep playing until you get it right. I'm doing that with golf right now. And I'm trying to play more so I can get it right. So when we're talking about our theme today, about the resiliency and the environment of champions delivering a behavior that, that defines their championship outcomes, it's gonna have intangible aspects to it, intangible skills that many people don't know you have or they don't see it that often. It's because you're playing to get it right and you're not quite sure it's right. You say, oh, I'm, not, I'm gonna hold back, I'm not gonna show everybody this yet, but I'm gonna keep trying. And for me lately, it's been my short game with my clubs. My gosh, I have, I have pulled more dirt behind the ball than I care to think about. And, and most of it's because of just, just form and shaping my shot properly and staying consistent with my hands. Look, I know what I need to do, but it, it, I'm not getting it done. I need to play more to get it right. And I, and I want to do that um, often, but it's extremely, <laughs> it's extremely humbling when you, when you pull dirt like you're you know, building a garden uh, six inches behind your golf ball. Uh, on your short game. When, and when, here's what's really frustrating and angering is that the shot before with your pitching wedge it was pure. Man, I hit a drive uh, and, and the guys that were there, they actually agreed with me when I was just kind of saying with tongue in cheek that I hit, I hit my drive probably 280 uh, because I was within uh, 50, 50, 60 yards of the pin for a 310 yard hole. And and I was, and it just, it just draw, drew right in. It, it, uh, just played. I hit it. I hit it the way I practiced because I did it right. So I, I now know, and this is a quote for me, about your future success is inversely related to your degree of satisfaction. I'm not satisfied. So my success is going to be better because I'm not satisfied. I want more. Even though that was a beautiful shot, I had 17 other holes I could work on. Um, but that was the one of my 18 that brought me back. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting thought process for me. And I, I hope that you're gaining something from me about staying true to yourself and striving for that championship behavior that requires a very integrous approach to managing your emotions, staying in control of the moment. When you see those pictures of Michael Jordan with his arm poised, poised up for a slam dunk, and he looks like he's floating for crying out loud. The man worked on that. He practiced that. I've been in the gym with him and seen him shoot 500 plus jump shots or more. Thousands of foul shots and then is amazed during a Portland championship game. Here's the pose, right? Like this, I don't know why the three-point shots are going in. He had three threes in a row, but that wasn't what he was known for. He was known for mid-range jumping, jump shot accuracy and, and driving the hole, floating, floating in air. But he just keeps coming back and playing more. It's a great world we live in. And as I say that, I want to remind everybody that, as I said earlier in the show, it doesn't matter how old you are, the intangibles are there. They're just learning more about them. They don't have a, a clear grasp on all that they have yet. So a champion's behavior is ageless. You can be a champion at 10. You can be a champion at 20. And you're in the men's baseball uh, World Series or the women's softball World Series. It's ageless. It you don't have to be a pro to feel the feeling of being a champion. And the principles of how to get there, those environments that influence you, those pieces of who you are and the emotions that are derived from that action that you took, those are timeless. As far as I know, anger at 10 is the same anger at 20. 
It's still anger. It's what you do with it that counts. How you manage it to define the degree of champion's behavior that you own. And I say it that way on purpose. Because I've met some champions that, in their mind, they think their champion behavior is way up here. Now, they may have won a trophy or won some money that de defines numerically a metric of what their championship is worth. But in their behavior, they're not much of a champion. So I look beyond the trophy. I look beyond the most valuable player award to Steph Curry. And fortunately, I had some insights prior to him even getting the award that gives me confidence in saying, the man is re for, for real, he's legit. Now, look, I know he walked down the court last night, he made a shot, and he starts pointing at his finger to the, to the crowd about the ring, you know, and, and they were up by double digits at that point. The, state, the game was still not fully determined yet. Uh, as far as the time left on the clock and how many points the spread was, Boston still had a chance to come back and, and make make uh, their, their own run at it. Uh, and I know that's kind of gamesmanship for Steph, but it's also an ident identifier of that Steph Curry is someone who truly has his emotions in control. Um, in his world, if you have his attention, he's there for you when he, when he sees he, that you need him. He's proven that time and time again. He's proven it with his teammates. He's proven it with his family, his wife and kids. Um, but he also is a professional. He knows that whatever he does walking down the floor gets on camera, that keeps his image there. But yet he's a, a solid, solid person, legitimately, and is believable in what he does. There's not, not every champion's that way, <laughs> regretfully. Um, you can be kind of a, a phony champion. You're a champion for the moment, and then you're, you're gone. It's uh, the saying like, if you walked past a, a piece of garbage on the ground and nobody was around, would you pick it up? And yet you may say to somebody that you saw not pick something up, why didn't you pick that up? And yet you wouldn't be the same person. It's what you do when no one's around that really defines who you are. So a champion's behavior is ageless. And, and examples of that are these youngsters, you know, they could range from 17 to 22 um, as men and women athletes in the College World Series for baseball and softball, respectively. Um, and that's, a, that's quite an interesting spread, right? Uh, what really gets me going is when you see a 17-year-old uh, jack a ball out of the park um, and nobody expected that person to do that. But in that moment, they got a pitch that they knew they could drive. And they did. And maybe in their mind, the drive may have been just a great line drive in the gap to score extra runs for extra bases. But in this particular case, it went out of the park because it was a moment that they defined for themselves that connected with their intangible. That example is one that shows you how to be prepared for when it's time for you to deliver what you expect of you. It's more about what you expect of you and the delivery of your behavior, not so much what others expect of you. Now, others may expect it of you because you've done it before. They've seen it repeat itself over and over again. That's also a good indicator of what champions look like. They consistently deliver the behavior. They consistently, when they get the opportunity of the pitch in the right spot, they hit it. There may be occasions when somebody catches it when they hit it, but they hit it. It's in the spot that they wanted for themselves. Now, in our show this, this week, we've talked about being responsible for you and the emotions that you have in any given moment so that you can control that moment, be present in that moment, and deliver both the skills that we expect you to deliver as well as those intangibles that, that drive the skill level beyond what others have seen, beyond the expectation. You know it, it's possible. And we, we do that hopefully for you every week by giving you insights on performance issues and strategies on how to get to the level of performance that fits you and what you expect for you. Uh, and that's every Friday, 11 a.m. Uh, here at Mountain Daylight Time on um, KUHS uh, Radio TV. 
Um, but after the show, we're going to polish this up and push it out onto a podcast platform. Uh, pick the one you like and just type in 360 performance, 360 performance. And our logo will pop up and you can listen to all those wonderful topics, including the one for today. Uh, and some of those uh, platforms are Spotify, Apple, Google, a whole bunch of others that I, I just keep forgetting. There's nine of them that we're on, platforms we're on. And we're in eight different countries now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And by doing that, you're getting involved. You're in the moment, staying connected with us uh, here at 360 Performance at KUHS. Um, I hope you do it every week with us live, but if you don't, check out the podcast. But get involved uh, and, and enjoy your involvement in our sharing with you. Now, beyond that, I hope you're making some good plans, taking actions on what uh, is good for you. Uh, great weekend here in Colorado, I think, with the weather. I, look, I told you there's a lot of great sports events on. you got you got the mass, or the U.S. Open is out there. You've got um, uh, hockey, the NHL, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, the Abs, Colorado folks. But, you know, maybe get out, take a break. In the intermissions, you got two of them. Get out, walk around, <laughs> take advantage of the great, great outdoors here in Colorado. Um, but do what, what makes you happy. You know, as I said before, live your best life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I have a good time here uh, at KUHS Denver. I'm really appreciative to the, the gang that uh, supports me. Um, we had uh, such a wonderful uh, session last week. We're going to try to get the owner of a new semi-pro basketball team on the show for next week uh, so that you can enjoy um, some stories about what it takes to be an owner uh, and what it takes to not only be an owner of a uh, professional basketball team at the at the minors level, but then to get that team into the community and get community support with that. And as you do that, influence the lives of young people to enhance what they already have as talent so they can be even more productive citizens in the world, both on and off the court. So hopefully we're going to talk to uh, Lindsay Streeter, the CEO and, and owner of the um, Savannah Hurricanes down there in Savannah, Georgia. But uh, we're streaming here every every day with you. Uh, every day. Well, we are streaming every day. But on Friday at 11 o'clock, about daylight time, it's uh, 360 Performance. Um, I'm Coach Whiteman, bringing you some uh, great stories uh, that I hope you'll you'll refer to uh, routinely. Um, if you have any questions for me, just check out my website, 360mindset. 360mindset.com. Uh, shoot me a question. Um, ask me what uh, is on your, on your mind about sports performance, life performance, work performance, because we're all about performance here, people. Um, so you have a great day today. Enjoy whatever weather comes your way. Um, and I know across the country there's been some quite interesting uh, weather situations with rain and tornadoes and uh, thankfully not hurricanes yet, I don't think. Um, but Check us out next week when we have uh, Lindsey Streeter, the owner of the uh, Savannah Hurricanes, on the show talking about what it takes to own a professional basketball team franchise. Have a great day today, everybody. Take care.